And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, October 15th. The Ides of October? I don't know, Mark. I don't think they say the Ides when it comes to October, but it's the middle of October. You got two weeks to get those uh, Halloween costumes. And uh, if you've got a financial question, there's no limit as to when you can do this. You can do this anytime. Hop onto our website, jillonmoney.com jillonmoney.com. That is our website. And there you will see that we have a contact button. That contact button, you click it, you ask your question, and then we answer it. Aaron wants to know, are we ready to retire? Message. Are you tired of hearing this question? Kind of, but you know what? It's your question. So you get to ask it. My husband and I are 59 and 60. Uh, We work in-house as attorneys. They make 350 grand a year, max out retirement contributions. They're saving about an additional five grand each month. Only debt is the mortgage. They still owe 330,000. Kids have both graduated from college, but have not found their careers yet. Oh, brother, doesn't that drive you crazy? We'd love to quit, sell everything and, and travel full time in about 19 months, sometime after the pandemic finally ends. Okay. We have so many assumptions. It's hard to know if we're ready. Details. We plan to relocate to Washington State prior to retirement to help reduce the cost of capital gains and income taxes. They currently live in Oregon. They're going to have deferred compensation, 40 grand paid over the first five years after separation from work. They're going to have company stock that's based on a buy sell agreement. Ooh, 600 grand. Yowza. Retirement accounts, $1.7 million in traditional, 15 grand in Roth, cash savings, 220000 They're going to use cash, deferred comp, and the sale of the company stock to fund their first 10 years of retirement, as well as my husband's social security payment of 20 grand per year at age 62. Since I was a higher earner, I will wait to file for Social Security at age 70. We do not want to use any funds from our, from our retirement for the first 10 years. Okay, they're going to have basically another $1,000 a month of medical. 
taxes, another $1,000 a month, living expenses. They currently expect to spend no less than 60 grand a year. I'm not confident to this number since we can't stress test this assumption. Our current expenses are about 85,000, including a mortgage with our kids living at home. We will hold on to the proceeds of the sale of the house until we decide we want to settle somewhere else. I'm very nervous about leaving work because we don't intend to work again. My husband is confident we can adjust our living expenses without any real justification. (laughs) Mark, we're about to do battle on behalf of this couple. A couple of little nitpicking things, and then we're going to get to the big issue. Your husband shouldn't take Social Security. 62. That's just not very smart. You have to wait till you're um, his full retirement age. I don't think this plan works so great and I wouldn't do it. The idea that you, you are going to reduce your living expenses by $25,000 a year. I don't buy it. I don't think you're doing it. And I think it's a really risky plan. And if you're never going to get back into the workforce, I keep working until you figure out what these numbers really are. I think she does too. I agree. I think that she, I just don't see this being the smartest plan. First of all, if you're feeling hesitant, my guess is you know yourself better than I do. As a result, I would say that from my perspective, at the very least, you got to keep working until you feel much better about these numbers. And you better feel super confident because there's no going back. You're not getting another job as in-house counsel at age 62 and making nearly this much money. You're just not. I'm very conservative. Of course, I am a dream crusher, as Mark likes to point out. I'm going to sign on to a much more detailed game plan, but it better be detailed. And I'd wait until like not 18 months. I'd probably be working at least, I'm say you got to work until at least 62 And I think it would be really smart for you to keep plowing money away, build up your cash reserves, and let's see where things stand at that point, unless you're both miserable. But I'm not hearing that either. Be careful out there, will you? Anne uh, has a question about whole life insurance policies. I've always understood from listening that whole life insurance policies are not a good idea. I spoke with someone from an insurance company and the representative that I spoke with said that while whole life insurance policies are not a good idea for people making less money than what my husband and I do, we have a combined income of 300,000, we have to start thinking about our lives as if we were people with money. (laughs) That's an awesome sales technique, insurance salesman. God damn it. That is good. It's just like hook right into like, you have money, think like a rich person. Okay, Anne says, I'm 49, my husband's 52. We live in an expensive area. We have three children. We're trying to play catch up with our retirement savings. They have $650,000 in various retirement vehicles. And my husband will retire with a pension of $4,000 a month. Is there any income bracket or situation where a whole life policy is a good idea? We both have term policies. We actually have had a whole life policy and cashed it in when we were listeners making less money years ago. I enjoy listening to the podcast every day. All right. And first of all, you're playing catch up. The last thing you want to do is to put money into a policy that is going to eat your lunch in fees. Okay. This is a terrible idea. And you know, as much as I made fun of the insurance guy for having like a good sales pitch, how annoying to me that someone is actually saying to a potential client, Oh no, you got to start thinking like a rich person. If you've got a combined income, $300,000, right? You're trying to play catch up, you know, essentially 
when you turn 50, you'll put $26,000 a year away. Your husband will put $26,000 a year away. I don't know what's going on with the kids and what you're doing, but this is a terrible idea. You probably don't need life insurance. You certainly don't need in, in terms of this kind of uh, whole life insurance. And uh, run the other way. She knew, that, didn't she? She knew. Dan writes, love the show. I'd like your input on where we, my wife and I are, and where we want to be. Okay. Income of $60,000. Wife is at home. New home purchased April of this year. Um, they've got eight or 10 grand in retirement, $2,000 in an education account for a daughter, student loans, about 80,000 in student loans combined. Cash reserves, 20 grand, wills, term life insurance. Just started contributing to a Roth 401k through work, matches 50% of the first 5%. So I put in 5%. I'm also calculating putting in about three to $350 in my rollover IRA that has just over $2,000. My wife makes up the other $6,000 or so in an old 401k. What are we missing? Yeah, um, I just highlighted that on my screen. Pay these loans off. Um, in fact, I would say that um, your $300 to $350 that you want to put in is extra money. Use that to pay down your loans. That's what you're missing. Don't do anything else. Put as much as you can in retirement, pay down those student loans, and don't even put money away for education. It's fine for now. Crack down those loans immediately. Okay. Uh, Juan writes, oh, I was laid off my job. He goes, sucks, but what are you going to do about it, right? <laughs> I like when he writes this. Am I right? Anyway, Juan is a 401k through that employer, and he was informed that if he were to find employment with his, within a certain period of time, he could roll over his previous 401k with a new plan if they offer it. That's true. Okay, here's the question. If I'm unable to find employment within that time, is there a way I could roll over my 401k into a personal investment vehicle, such as a Roth or a regular IRA? Yeah, you can just roll it into an IRA rollover account. That's what you would do first, okay? Don't move it into a Roth because if you were to do that, you'd have to pay the taxes due. And really what we would counsel you to do, Juan, is to Roll that num that money over. Any money you're receiving in terms of unemployment insurance or extra money, um, pay your bills. Try to keep an, uh, you know keep that emergency reserve fund alive. And um, I agree. I hope the rest of 2021 goes well for you. All right. So good luck. Roll that sucker over. Hey, you can do it anywhere, but you know you can leave it where it is for now. Okay. You don't have to do it immediately. Okay. Charles writes, thanks for the podcast. I listen daily on my way to work. It's one of the highlights of the day. Oh, that's nice. Charles and his wife are trying to teach their three kids, six, eight, and 10 years old, how to manage money. Currently, we quote, pay them every two weeks for doing certain chores around the house. On payday, they have a conversation about splitting their paycheck into three ways, give, save, spend. They've been doing it for a while. I love that. He says they've been doing it for a while. They feel it's time to take the next step and introduce the two oldest kids to investing. Since our kids don't have any earned income, they don't qualify for an IRA. Therefore, we're considering opening custodial brokerage accounts for them. My question is, if we open a custodial brokerage account for them, can we roll the balance of those accounts into custodial Roth IRAs once they get summer jobs and are officially recognized earned incomes in a few years? I understand IRA contributions cannot exceed their earned income for the year, so it may take a year or two to get the brokerage balance moved to the IRA. Thanks for taking my question. Thanks for the wisdom. Okay, Charles, first of all, you can actually have money in a brokerage account for sure. 
let it accumulate. Once they do start to work, you can just use that and make contributions from that. That's number one. But instead of opening a brokerage account, why don't you open up a 529 plan and introduce them to investing that way? What do you think? Could also start explaining taxable and non-taxable. Because I think that's a concept that a lot of kids get a little bit confused about. So I would try to do it with a 529 plan. That would be my suggestion. Um, Mark, anything else to um, add to the pot here? Good point. Mark wants me to make the point that, you know, if you were to do a custodial account, you're not exactly rolling it over once you open an IRA in the future. It would just be, you would be selling an asset and putting new money into an into an IRA account when, when they start to work. But again, I would prefer a 529 account. I think that would be a smarter way to do it. Okay. All right, gang, that's it. It's Friday. So I'm going to do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. And we are distributed by the fine folks at Cadence 13 who have the best double dueling duo of two women who just make my life so much easier. So thank you so much to our friends at Cadence 13. As always, we are here for you. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click on the contact button. I'm writing a book. I'm working on another book, which is something I said I would never do. I don't know why I thought I should do it. But what I would love to do is hear from you if you have made a big change in your career or your life post-COVID. Something significant. Not like, yeah, you know, I just moved jobs or I moved from the city to the suburbs. Not interesting. What's interesting is if you made some sort of major change, either downsizing your lifestyle or maybe you've changed careers, you've started a business. I want to hear from you. So if that's your situation, if something you really made a big change for the post-COVID era, do me a favor, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact button. And in the subject, that say, write something like, I've changed. Let me know. Okay. I'd really appreciate it. Lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.